0: the inexplicable death of two children, medical mishap and a gross failure of the justice system. On today's episode of Sinister Stats, we're taking a deep dive into the grim trial of Sally Clark. Our story starts almost 25 years ago with the birth of a healthy baby boy, Christopher Clark. For solicitors, Sally and Steve, this joy, however, would soon be cut short by a terrible tragedy. On the evening of December 13th, 1996, Christopher Clark was declared dead, aged only 11 weeks. Misfortune seemed to follow the grieving family, as only a year later, their second son, Harry, passed away from undetermined circumstances at just eight weeks old. During both incidents, Sally was the only person with the children. Clark would then be trialed for the murder of her two sons, with the trial beginning on the 11th of October 1999 and seemingly ending with the sentence of life imprisonment. The trial, which lasted merely 17 days, would in reality come to a rest nearly five years later. How was it that Britain's judicial system came to this shocking conclusion? Well, they enlisted the aid of Sir Roy Meadows, one of Britain's most respected pediatricians and an expert in the field of child abuse, a professor of pediatrics and child health at the St. James University Hospital a professor without any real background on statistics or forensic pathology. It is here that we touch on yet another gruesome aspect of this trial. During Professor Meadows' testimony, a condemning bit of evidence was provided, not that of a medical nature, but rather a statistic from a study investigating cot death, also known as sudden infant death syndrome. His study was seemingly infallible, with a sample of 400 cases over three years. It should be noted that Professor Meadows had also been involved in two seemingly unrelated cases, with both deaths again being explained away by SIDS, when in fact were really cases of child abuse. In this report, he states that the probability of a single cot death to be one in 8,500. Professor Meadows goes on to say that the chance of two such deaths occurring must be one in 73 million, squaring that figure. He further explains to the jury that this figure is similar to backing a winning horse in the Grand National with odds being 80 to one, and again, backing another horse with those same odds, i.e. you would have to back the winning horse for four years in a row. These damning statistics assumed what we in the world of sinister stats call independence, these chances fail to consider that a relatively unknown medical phenomenon happening twice in the same family are related. This statement gives rise to one of the most notorious mishaps of courtroom statistics, prosecutor's fallacy. Professor Meadows' case to the jury suggests that one in 73 million chance of two cot deaths is so improbable, which would be the innocent explanation, that being guilty must be the only other option. Mathematically, this is an error of conditional probability, a misapplication of Bayes' theorem. Meadows had inverted the conditional probabilities, ignoring any other explanations for the infant's deaths, as well as the probability of guilt before any evidence. Bayes' theorem, however, accounts for the inclusion of new evidence. We see this outside of the courtroom in epidemiological and medical statistics. Sally Clark was convicted by a 10-2 majority on the 9th of November 1999 with a sentence of life imprisonment. However, all hope was not lost, as in January 2003, following scathing criticisms from a favourite of ours, the Royal Statistical Society, and a thorough review of medical evidence, including withheld reports during the first case, Sally's second appeal was successful and she was released from life imprisonment. This terrifying ordeal could have been avoided in its entirety, by instead noting that statistics apply to the individual, the defendant, and not solely to the evidence provided. We, as learned listeners of the Stats show, can clearly see these are loaded, misleading figures, but unfortunately a court of justice could not. We also have to wonder why the question of whether it is more probable the debts were natural rather than deliberate was not posed. The pathological investigations show that there was actually a Staphylococcus infection present in Harry Clark's spinal fluid attributed to his passing. Harry's death remained inconclusive. In 2004 a study was released by mathematician Professor Ray Hill accounting for the dependency amongst cot death in families who had further calculated Clark's guilt to be around 10% before additional evidence could be reviewed. He also writes, guilt must be proved on the basis of forensic and other evidence and not on the basis of these statistics alone. The case of Sally Clark prompted a review of several similar cases, particularly those with Meadows featuring, and resulted in the release of two other women. While Clark would finally be given justice upon her release, she said, today is not a victory, We are not victorious. There are no winners here. We have all lost out. Sally Clark passed away from alcohol intoxication in March of 2007, with a report stating it was not a suicide. Does this mean that a statistician be present at every court proceeding? How much of the information we possess can be trusted? What from that is spun as a loaded lie? Just how many studies and judgments are just a poor representation of actual data? These and more are the questions we leave you to ponder, listeners, lest you too become a victim of sinister stats. Join us for next week's episode where we take a look at the Challenger disaster and explore how seven lives were lost at just 39 degrees Celsius. Good night.